Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All right, thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network. Where the purpose of the podcast, like I always say, is to make me money. I say that uh, because we're being transparent and authentic and you can't believe in the east of bunny and santa claus and be good at sports betting we can't believe in the lies and the fantasies we're told right we were told that adam Schiffner was a legitimate journalist now we know he runs out he runs every story by uh roger goodell and general managers in the league now if we get some information for some people we know on facebook some players in the league and we say it on the podcast, we don't run it before them. We have, even though I do have a journalism background, Corner Institute in Media Studies, we are direct and honest because in my case, I have to be. The other guys on the podcast don't have a legal responsibility to do so, but they are. I have a legal responsibility. I'm a fiduciary. I got an MBA. I have securities licenses. That means that I have to protect the public. Right, that is my job, but I do it through sports betting by teaching you business and financial concepts that hits three levels. You make money now, so the second you hear something from our voice, you can act upon it. You can go on the on your on your app on your phone. You can talk to so and so. You can talk to your business partner. You can either use the business or financial concept, or you can do an actionable steps to monetize the information. To that end, we're very transparent. Uh, what we post on Twitter is really a prospectus, like what people file with the uh, SEC, not the Southeastern Conference, <laughs> the Securities and Exchange Commission. All right. So that's the purpose of the podcast in a nutshell. But you have to have outcomes. If you're legit, what results do you have? My mom, they would have called uh, protective services and arrested her because when I was in high school, my mom would say, well, you didn't get results. You didn't get a catering job, a cleaning job. You're sleeping out on the lawn. <laughs> so I'll be sleeping on the lawn, but I live in a nice suburban uh, neighborhood. The neighbors would come pick me up and I would sleep there. <laughs> have better dinner. But you have to have results, right? So what are the results of the podcast? Last two years, we've been 65%. So you've made 10 times more. You're getting a free MBA uh, that a guy that owns options firms he said that the podcast has better information than if you paid uh, $200,000 to get an MBA from Ward because it's practical stuff. In the last 30 years, I've been blessed enough to own three businesses and been married for 18 years to a successful psychotherapist. All right. So those are the whys of the podcast, the purpose of the, and the outcome, which every meeting should have. Another element that every meeting should have is that if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. And you have to have a diverse room. And it doesn't mean gender, disability, race. Uh, sometimes it has to do with region or has to do really with having an open mind and listening. That's why God gave you or the universe or whatever you believe in, evolution gave you 
two years and we're not. Or the people that evolved were the ones that used their two years. Every process makes money. And what the Hawthorne effect is, is that whatever you track and measure, right? It's been studies been done really for a hundred years, but uh, whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. In football, they call it self-scouting, right? On the bye week you do self-scouting. On uh, the off-season, college programs do that. They bring in consultants to study what's wrong with the program. We are uh, middle-class folks who have to make mon monetize this. Uh, Scott and I are married, so we have to make money off this to justify the time in avoiding uh, Lifetime movies or uh, uh, Hallmark movies about the independent businesswoman who needs to find love with a widowed guy and they're snowed in, right? That's the nutshell of a Hallmark movie, right? So exactly. to avoid that <laughs> and to make money watching games, you do the Hawthorne effect and you say, well, why doesn't everybody do that? It's because father knows best, right? Males are supposed to have all the answers. We're supposed to be tough, not cry, but you have to confront your feelings, feelings that will make you cry, feelings of humiliation, of stupidity. Oh, I, that, that was a dumb pick. And you pick the wise. You have to go through all those emotions. You have to confront them to get to the other side. They're saying right now that 80% of people who are in jail are because of unresolved feelings. Now, there's that horrible stuff, right? They were born in a drug family and the, the father was beating the mom. So they have to confront those feelings, go through those horrible feelings to get to the other side. You have to do it with all things sports betting. You have to do it in everything, but you have to do it in sports betting because it makes you money. It increases your percentage uh, up to 80% because uh, we're specific. And I got them in the episode notes. We use arbitrage. We use return to the mean. We use statistics. Right there, that book, gold and red book, decision science used by Fortune 500 companies, Google. Every, we, we use that to make picks, right? They're tools in our tool belts to make picks, but they're the same ones you use to evaluate a company, to evaluate an investment, a business partner, same part of the decision-making process. You identify the problem, you eliminate variables and co-variables, you use math, then you rigorously use logic to get to the answer for the highest level of probability theory is 80%. You want to get to 80% as much as possible, we're at 62.5. All right. So if, if you're the if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So we have Scott from all right. So if, if you're let me take that on, if you're the toughest the northeast smartest person. Gives us in the room, northeastern room. Chad's young, so we give Chad and uh, Scott and I give Chad uh, age diversity. So, what are your first thoughts as we get into the Hawthorne effect? Really good early session of games for us on Sunday. And then the late games weren't so nice to us. So, um, you know, a lot of weird things happened in those late games. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as we thought. There was some strange happenings. Right. Um, like Atlanta, like, um, you know, even last night's game, Dallas, though, under pushed. So, um, you know, but I, I think our early, early session really, you know, really helped us out a lot. 
this week. So I saw it was thirteen and five. I believe that you you sent out. Yeah, we were so. thirteen. We were thirteen and five. Yeah, we we were we were right there too, right there. Right. So, so. Uh, no excuses to be made. You know, a lot of people are at twenty percent, and that's the goal of the casino. You know, I'll have a lot of information. I'll republish that. Uh, I'll put more information on the article I wrote. Lines are lies. Where the lies come from. How the lines operate all the way down the supply chain. Up to, because what's important is the line you have when you're at the window and when you're about to click on your app. That's where it matters, what line you see in the wise. Now, me personally, I'm, you know, I was 17 and 13, 56% uh, to make a living in Vegas. You have to make 59%. So, you know, a little improvement over the week before, but still about two points away from that. But I want to be a lot higher. I want to be at 70% yeah. yep. to, to end the year. And the way you do it is through the Hawthorne effect. Again, being honest why you got the pick wrong. Was it the 20% luck factor or was it the, 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 the you did not do enough research or that you did not um, process the game correctly. It's on you. And being able to do that, you increase your performance, again, like I said earlier, uh, 10 to 20%. Yeah. Now, the first game, what do you think? Bad luck or bad pick? Uh, we had the Steelers, four and a half, I had them at five, under 39. <laughs> We actually would have pushed both if it wasn't for the last play of the game where they fumbled in the end zone. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it ruins uh, the double push. They would have given five pushes. What do you think, Scott? The over-under was bad, bad luck because of that last play. Like you said, had right. that last play not happened, we'd, we'd have been good. Um, you know, Pittsburgh had a lead at halftime. Yeah. The Steel's offense is just broken, right. totally broken right now. You can't, I mean, if it, you're going to play that style, you cannot commit turnovers. Yeah. And I'll put it in the top 10 rules of betting. You can't predict turnovers. Yeah. Going into Cleveland, I thought they, they thought they could play that style right. and come out with a win right. based on how Cleveland uh, played the fourth quarter in the last game against the Jets. So, you know, bad pick. You know, still is still. I didn't take into account more so that the offense just with Trubisky is is a broken offense right now, and and Tomlin is coaching with kind of one hand tied behind his back in terms of that. So what's wrong with Mason Rudolph? You know, he's third string. He's not even on the on the chart, but I think he's the best quarterback out of the three. To, yeah, to be able to play that style, not throw an interception. He, Tomlin is still adamant that he's going with Trubisky and he's not changing. Right. And if that's the case, you have to really, really take a look at the Steelers' offense right. and what they can do. If Najee does not have, if Harris, the running back, does not have a great game, they're in serious trouble because right. you can't you can't rely on Trubisky to, to carry this team. So that might have been a bad pick because of that. I didn't take that into account, and, and I should have taken it more into account. Right, right. Yeah, because that turnovers, but you can't predict turnovers, right? So you would say the turnovers, absolutely. 
that Mr. Jorbinski is going to turn over the ball once and he can't. So that yep. means the the, bank, uh, the the clowns are going to win the game. Yep. And cover the yep. five points. And it's a rivalry game, too. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, natural rivals. Right. So you kind of have to look at things, you know, and throw it out the window because it's a rivalry game. And, you know, like Patriots, Jets, Washington, Dallas, those are all rivalry games. Right. So you kind of have to throw that out the window with what they've done in the past and, and just look at who's playing at home, primetime game, Browns fans are up for it, Browns players are up for it. Talk all day before the game how the Browns will see the season as a success if they beat the Steelers twice. And so they put a little bit extra into that game. Right. So, yeah, look at that. But if they didn't fumble in the end zone, we would have pushed. <laughs> yes. So you can't yeah. predict your What a weird so you play. To, you what have to mitigate play. that. What a weird play. So that one, I, I say it's, it's bad luck because you can't predict turnovers. But when you're you picking a game, you got to say, okay, is this quarterback, like Baker Mayfield or somebody like that, turnover prone? And is this an opportunity to defense, or maybe the defense sucks? Yeah. So they say, okay, we don't have uh, an NFL defense this year, guys. You guys suck. So if you want to stay on the team, get paid, you have to uh, punch the ball out. You have to create turnovers. And the other thing with Pittsburgh is no T.J. Watt. And that defense is totally different without him. Totally different. So that's another thing to look at, too. Yeah, and I'm skeptical because it seems like both the brothers, Watt brothers, are always hurt. Yes. Don't say yep. like they pay the trainers to say, hey, at 16, 17 games, I only want to play 11 and 12. 12. Yeah. 12. Get my big sacks. and pressure situations, get paid, and kind of preserve my body. Yep. Especially early in the season. Early season football is a lot different. Yeah. For the first six games, they're working on fundamentals. They're testing things out. Yep. They want to be three and three, and then go on a six-game winning streak and be nine and three. Right. And then evaluate for the draft or whatever. So you'll you'll see different things going on. The Patriots and the Ravens. You got it right, Scott. Chad and I got it wrong. Uh, man, I forgot about this and I wrote it down so I don't forget again that running quarterbacks do well against Nick Satan and Bill Belichick. Yeah. Their defense does not account for the quarterback, especially if it's not in the playoffs and it's not under that six game. Hard cap, Parcells and Belichick have. Same thing for Satan, right? Johnny Manziel beat him running. Running quarterbacks uh, beat Satan. And their mm-hmm. best friends with Belichick. Carroll beat Carroll the same way. So those are two games that I blew. The Seahawks, we'll get to that later, but uh, yeah. the Patriots and the other. Man. You have to think things through. So now I'm going to make sure I look through my notes. Because really, I have no excuse for that. Uh, running quarterbacks beat Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Nick Singh during a regular season situation 
Now, if it's the playoffs, those guys change. They'll get a spy. They'll do something to mitigate that. But for right now, they're very stringent, very militaristic on uh, focusing on the fundamentals. Yeah. No matter what. And I think as Chad's, Chad usually says, we got to look at Baltimore as an over team now. Right. We, we have to, if Lamar is in a contract year, is playing for a big, huge payday, right? Like the quarterbacks, he's gonna do everything he can for that offense to score almost 30 points every game. So, I think we have to look at Baltimore as a an over team now because their defense is not that, as you said in the last you know, last week, that defense is not a high ball defense anymore. No, so. Baltimore is going to be playing high-scoring games, I think, all year long. So we now got to look at Baltimore. Make that adjustment. Part of, part of the reason why we have this podcast is, is to go over this stuff. Exactly. Um, Make Baltimore you live in the past, probably, die in the past. Yeah, Baltimore is going to be an over team. You know, you got to look at it. You know, the Patriots offense, no great shakes. And they dragged the Baltimore. They Baltimore dragged their offense into production. This week, and that's a big thing for them. So, right, the Patriots had 447 total yards. Yeah, yeah. on a Harbaugh defense. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Right, uh, Matt Jones, you know, doing the best he can. The running game. Anybody really knows the running game. Patricia and them yep. do know the running game. Uh, 145 yep. yards, 5.2 yards a carry. Now again. Some early season stuff is not sustainable. Lamar Jackson, 11 rushes for 107 yards. He cannot do 11 design quarterback runs all year in an 18-game schedule or he's going to get hurt again, right? He's just yeah, coming yeah. off an injury. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, he's, he's an athletic freak of nature who can run the ball. Obviously, he's a running back playing quarterback. Right. Yes. But if you're gonna send him out on eleven to thirteen designed running plays, the man is gonna get himself killed. Right. So it's just it's just simple fact that he's been throwing the ball really well. He had a really good game throwing the ball. He had four touchdowns, over two hundred passing yards, I think. Right. But again, as as I said with Josh Allen after week one, if he's gonna run the ball so much like this. His health is going to be questioned come week 13, 14 when they need him at the most. So, 100%. And then we got our superstar, Arena League football, just getting done, getting played, uh, working out with NFL quarterbacks who are in the periphery, some free agent NFL quarterbacks. Chat, what's going on? And uh, your thoughts on Baltimore, uh, New England that we got. Yeah, no, I, I, I like your guys. I, I like your guys' take on it. You know, Lamar's in a contract year. Uh, the Baltimore defense not being there. You know, early on in that game, you saw a little bit of Lamar wanting to hold on to the ball and try to prove himself as a passer in the first quarter. You saw there was run lanes he wasn't taking, and early on, I kind of thought, all right, you know, that's the that's. For my pick, I needed Lamar to not do it with his legs. I needed him to try to prove it with his with his arm in the pocket, um, which you know he ended up getting away from later in the game. And you know, when he's well, Lamar's going to rush for over a hundred yards. Um, Baltimore's going to be a tough team to beat. 
it's it's tough when you when you account for a hundred yards out of your quarterback. Um, you know, Lamar is running the ball a lot. I I kind of slightly lean the other way with his durability. I think it's it is risky, obviously, running your quarterback. But if there's anybody that can do it and stay healthy, I mean, Lamar's the athlete that can do it. Like again, he ran. 11 times, 107 yards. He didn't really take too many big hits, man. He gets himself down. He finds, gets out of bounds. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, it's more of a hit count than a rush count, right? Right. Yeah. It's not, okay, oh, he ran it 100 times. Cool. But, like, I know guys that are running 100 times that are taking 20 big-ass hits. Yeah. When Lamar runs 100 times, he might take one or two big hits. So he's going to have more durability. are, Are those one or two big hits a risk? Because this too, yeah. Chad, because you're a player, right? And uh, when Willie Taggart, like, invited me, you know, an alumni, go lift with him, you know, uh, he got the team together. He was just talking to the defense. And he told the defense, listen, guys, what you can do on the field sometimes, if you do it in, in real life for the rest of your life, you will get arrested. You will go to jail. So this is your opportunity get hits on people sometimes we'll get a 15-yard penalty all right you might yeah. get helmet and helmets and and, I mean, game, but this is your chance to be as violent as you want to be <laughs> so i'm saying that yeah. if he's going to be running every game this, this one criminal in the nfl that wants to take a cheap shot on, on him and her you get his knee or pile drive him to the ground because he's a light guy it's just a high, high risk running your quarterback that many times. Yeah. I think it's a jealousy factor more than anything else. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm, I'm just looking at, you know, per how many big hits per rush rushes are you taking? You know, per 10 rushes, how many times are you really taking a big hit? And then um, – Then sacks, too. He got sacked four times. Uh, and then he threw one interception. So, I'm saying those four sacks, the interception, it was – he wasn't like Brady or even what we saw with Cooper Rush last night where he knows what play to get into and he's confused. Come on. It's hard hard to sack Lamar Jackson. So he was I would confused venture, in those I would venture a guess and say those four sacks happened early in the game when he was holding the ball way too long. Exactly. Yeah. I would – that's yeah. what I would say. I would, I, would, I would assume the same thing. Or it's ego too. I'm confused. Let me just throw it out of bounds. But throw it in the stands like Brady used to do. You know, because you, I mean, like, and, and contrary to, to Lamar, right, a guy like RG3, he was getting hit like every two rushes, he was taking a big ass hit. I mean, yep. he couldn't laugh. Right. He was taking collision after collision, um, you know, and a guy, you know what I'm saying? So Lamar does do a good job with that. But yeah, I mean, the more you run, the higher probability you're risking him getting banged up, especially in a contract year, you know? So that's like a catch 22. Like, yeah, he needs to, you know, have the best year he can to get paid, but then also he's got to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Right. So well, that, I guess it was that guy, Randy Gregory, or the guy who uh, broke Geno Smith's jaw. He, he broke his jaw because he uh, paid for an airplane uh, ticket to him do a camp for him in the summer. He wouldn't do it. So a guy who, you know, who Lamar Jackson didn't show up to his camp or whatever, Gonna try to hurt him with that much money involved. Oh, you're not making that much money, bro. Are you gonna do it with her leg, bro? So that's my concern with running him that many times. And then teams knowing he's gonna run. So let's see what happens with Lamar Jackson. 
But we got to make that adjustment there. I, I put those two bad picks. We got three bad picks so far. <laughs> Correct for next week. Uh, this one I got right. You guys picked the Saints. So what you do is, this is a great thing about this podcast. You take perception is not reality, right? Perception is 50-50. That's why we have meetings. That's why you have confirmations. That's why this is a business meeting. What were you guys' logic picking the Saints? And what is your logic now? Uh, the Saints did not cover against the Panthers. I thought, for me, it was a return to the mean game because uh, analytics teams cover 33% of the time. So the Panthers are 0-2. They're at home getting the call. And James Winston has five broken uh, bones in his back. And James Winston has impulsivity issues. That's why he used to rob from the grocery store. That's why he raped a girl in college, right? Because impulsivity issues. And they reared up his ugly head two weeks in a row now with Tampa Bay. We threw that interception late. And he threw two interceptions in the type of game they're trying to play against uh, the Carolina at home getting the calls. And they did get a couple calls to extend drives. We were rushing that last night. Very strategic calls to extend drives last night. Uh, and that's what ended up happening. Panthers covered. But since both teams really suck really bad, uh, it was under 41. We'll go Scott in the chat. The Saints, so talented on both sides of the ball. They have two to three really good wide receivers. Alvin Kamara was back. Um, their defense is pretty good, pretty solid. Overall, they're a pretty good team. What they're missing is a coach that can accentuate the, that talent on right. offense because of the uh, Sean Payton leaving. I thought the Saints were in a good situation here, coming off a home loss, division game, going to Carolina, who hasn't shown anything the first two weeks. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not a really good quarterback as of right now. I just thought the Saints were going to go in there. We're, we're going to we're going to impose their will. We're going to win a low-scoring game, seventeen to ten type of game. James Winston, yeah, he threw for three hundred fifty-three yards. They were three hundred fifty-three empty yards. Right. There, there, were, there was really nothing there that, that you could look at and say, okay, that's the that's the James we saw last year before he got hurt. Right. And Michael Thomas got hurt, and Jarvis Landry got hurt. Uh, I don't know whether they return to the game or not. So, but I, I think the Saints are a, a much more talented team than the Panthers are. Oh, to yeah. To be honest with you. For sure. So I thought the Saints were going to go into Carolina. Matt Rule, who who was not had a good year coaching, was going to, and then we're going to be able to win that game. Low scoring, play 60 minutes, get out with the 17. Matt Rule's coaching for his job, though, I think, in that game. Yes, he is. He is. And McCaffrey and DJ Moore have, have gone down since Baker Mayfield's been the quarterback. So that that's my thoughts. That's how I, that's how I was attacking that game. Is I look at the the offensive talent, the defensive talent, and I say New Orleans has a better team than Carolina, with the exception of one thing: Jameis has five broken bones in his back. Right, and that that's a problem because he's he's really not playing 
to his full capacity. Right. But that's not an excuse. So that that was my, that's how I was attacking the game. So. So was it bad pick or bad luck? A little of both, I think. Right. A little of both. I just think I just think that this James five broken back bones in his back is really affecting him throwing the ball. Oh yeah. And he's found a new toy in Chris Olave. He's going to him a lot. And I just think it was a little of both. A little of both. So. Right, what do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I think this one was a bad pick for me. Um, you know, there's just, you know, on paper, yeah, you know, the Saints do have more talent, definitely. But I think I got caught up in just some recency bias with how bad Carolina, right. um, you know, was in the, in the first two games. Um, you know, it, as bad as teams look one week, you know, this is the NFL. The marginal utility is not very big, you know, from team right. to team. So any team can win any given Sunday. Um, you got to have that mentality. Yeah, like you said, they were 0-2. It was a total return to the mean spot for Carolina. Back at home, um, you know, playing the Saints who are without Sean Payton, you know, their Hall of Fame offensive line. And... Yeah, I just think that uh, you know this this was uh, this one was going to be the Panthers all the way here. Um, you know, they just it's the, all, everything kind of aligned, and like you guys said, Matt Rule coaching for his job as well. You know, all those factors just mentioned. I think um, you know that's what kind of led me to get on New Orleans. Just a uh, not not looking at a return to the mean spot, not not looking at my recency bias, and just uh, thinking the marginal utility was too great between these teams, which in the NFL it never really is. Right, so when we say something sucks, they don't really suck. They just suck compared to the other teams. And the difference is very marginal, right? And we have an infinite of marginal utility is, which is the value of one more. So the value of the 30th ranked player and the 31st ranked player, right? The, the added value... It's not that much. So that means that most teams, 1 through 31, are very even. Or 1 through 44 are very even. Depending on superstars and outliers. But in the NFL, it's very, very close. So that's why you got to look at mitigating factors in each game. And every week is different. Right? So even though we might have improved for the previous week, we might have the same record. But it's profit, right? That's why I'm at... 57, 58%, but we know we need to get to close to 80% as possible because there's a 20% luck factor involved in probability. Next game was the Texans and the Chicago Bears. Uh, Texas money line under 41, and then the Chicago team total. Again, there's another situation where. Things that are going on early in the season uh, will not be going on later. Uh, in this game, Fields, right, he threw it 17 times, only eight completions, right, ran it eight times for 47 yards. He cannot continue to do run it like that much and then have poor production out of a passing game. Uh, the Titans were in control most of the game, or the Texans were in control most of the game. Then their depth on defense caved in, and Chicago started be being able to run the ball. 
It was, it wasn't, it was because of lack of depth and the defense being on the field so long. Remember, Houston has now they're, they're basically being run by a cult. You got to used to work for the Patriots. Uh, they have a lot of salary cap space, and they're paying the religious guy more than the head coach. The religion, uh, the, the priest there, or whatever he is, he used to be with, with uh, Belichick, and then Belichick sued for his last six months of employment, trying to force him to work on the Patriots. So that was kind of weird. But that's that's the Texans. And they ran out of gas. Yeah. Uh, so this one, I look at learning. Uh, we definitely got the Texas plus three and a half. We didn't get the total, but I think it was uh, bad luck on the total because the way the game was being played, both teams were running it to death. And the only reason I think it went over was because of special teams. And because Davis Mills threw two interceptions. And just like the Steeler game, right? When you're playing that style, run the ball, field position, you cannot turn the ball. And you shouldn't turn the ball. Because all you're doing is safe passes. So we'll go Chad and Scott on that one. Yeah, I mean, this one just barely snuck over. It was... uh... You know, down to the wire. I, you know, totals can get tricky there when you get, uh, you know, special team scores right. or quick scores late. So I mean, this one, I mean, I, I definitely not. I mean, I'm gonna put this more on the luck factor on the on the total here. Um, I would say so. I don't really have too too much thoughts, but I do I do think that Fields running the ball that much is he's gonna not make it. It's not as sustainable. So um, definitely gonna be looking at that moving forward with the Bears. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, bad luck on the total. Um, again, I agree with Chad 100% on everything he said. Justin Fields is not going to make it if he's running a lot of – if he's running a lot and the coaching staff has shown they do not trust him to throw the ball. Right. And that, and that's a, that's a bad recipe for their offense because if Fields goes down – they're they're gonna they're bad now on offense. They're gonna be even worse. Um, you have to trust a quarterback to be able to throw the ball in the NFL. That's the way the game is right now, and they're not trusting them to throw the ball. No, and they haven't played a good offense yet. When they play a good offense, they fall behind. They're done. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? Then you know this guy's gonna throw the ball at least twenty-five times every game right. to, for the, for him to be a successful NFL quarterback. So. I don't know what the Bears are doing on offense. They're two and one. They haven't really, you know, they they were in a monsoon against San Francisco. Take that game out. They played a short-handed Green Bay team, and they played Houston, where Davis Mills is regressing right. as a quarterback. I did not see a good, good out a performance from him. So, you know, the Bears are just lucky right now that the schedule has been kind to them. But when they start playing Minnesota, Detroit, all those teams, they're gonna be in trouble. They're really gonna be in trouble. So. My thoughts. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, the Colts and the Chiefs, I had it down, right? I knew exactly what was going to happen, the way the game was going to be played, and it turned out that way. Um, but both you guys, well, yeah, both you guys had the Chiefs on that. Uh, what was your logic for picking the Chiefs, and what 
was it bad luck or bad pick? We'll go Scott and Chad. Are you guys talking to me? Yeah, because you have the Chiefs and, and Scott and I have the Colts. Yeah. We'll go Chad. Yeah, we'll go Chad. Chad got it wrong. Go ahead. What was your logic on the Chiefs um, and what have we learned? Man, well, you know, month, month other than when Scott and Josh picked something, yeah. Yeah, have a good reason. On the five, on the five <laughs> yard line did not help early on. Um, but yeah, man, I don't. I don't. I don't know that. That you guys were. You guys were. You guys were totally right there, man. Um, home spot for the Chiefs. I mean, early on, the Chiefs muffing up on the five yard line. Um, you know, I got them at four and a half. They had a few spots there. They're up by four for a while. Right. Um, yeah. They they had some spots to make some happen, but you know, in that in that environment there on the road, Andy Reid's buddy, right? You know, he <laughs> exactly. He, uh, he played a little bit of buddy ball and didn't want to put the <laughs> put the hammer on him. So right, this guy from the Michigan, you know, more they go to the same Mormon church. And, you know, Andy Reid's the one who got him into the football profession, and he says he said it verbally that he's responsible as a mentor for him as a head coach. And you know, everybody can have their own opinion, but not everybody can have their own facts. And we saw that game, and that was your your full arsenal. Of the Kansas City Chiefs office. Yeah, that's just a simple fact. The Chiefs didn't look like they were running their stuff in that game. Right. They just did not look like it. It was just one of those. Let's go in. Let's get the game over with, and let's go home. Right. And and they want to give us the game fine with a bunch of turnovers and this and that. Fine. But other than that, we want to pay play our core players as least as possible. Get out of here without any. Because yeah, the thing I looked at is Gus Bradley's the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. He was a co- defensive coordinator with the Vegas Raiders last year. And Mahomes lit them up in two games. Right. So I was looking at that and the fact that the Chiefs on offense have looked pretty good the first two weeks. And then they go in and lay a dud like that. And right. just Andy Reid just basically said, all right, we're going to go in. We're going to get to Matt Ryan, no doubt about it. Our defense is going to be fine. So let's just go in and play the vanilla offense, and let and we'll come out with a win, and we'll be 3-0, and we'll go home. And, and The NFL players are prideful guys. Right. And if you sense that as an opponent, you're going to attack that. And the Col- I thought the Colts did a good job with, you know, running game was not good. The Colts. I thought Matt Ryan did a good job of attacking in spots where he needed to right. at times. He looked like an old quarterback at times, but at times he made some really good throws in really tight coverage. And getting Pittman and getting Pierce back for that offense is huge for them. Right. It's huge. It makes a huge difference for the Colts. So, you know, you I mean you had he had a hundred percent last Wednesday night. Is that Andy Reid was going to go in and just basically play vanilla, and that's it, and right. go home. And you had it right. You spun on on that. So. All right, so next game. This is one of those that I knew I had to bet early because the line was going to change. So I got uh, under 47. By the time Wednesday came around, it was 44.5. We're talking about the Titans. And the exposure of Josh McDaniels because 
The Titans aren't that good right now, especially later in the season. And Josh McDaniels with all that talent. Remember, this is the Raiders made the playoffs last year. Yep. Right? Yep. So they should have had an edge on defense and offense. And Josh McDaniel looked like the Josh McDaniel that coached Denver when he got fired for Gordon Burns. It looked at like the same Josh McDaniel. He said he wasn't going to try to be Belichick because everybody knew if he tried to be, you need to be your own man. Especially now you're the head coach making $5 million a year. Uh, it seems like he's doing too much. It almost seems like he should be fired next week if he loses and goes off. That's how bad it's getting, right? And we talked about the contradictions, right? Where, you know, the meeting area, I watch my, my uh, poker face. So getting hired and I'm in a new company listening to the meeting. You got to make sure I don't go like this. And somebody says something crazy, right? I have to keep my poker face. Uh, a lot of contradictions in that McDaniels press conference. Oh, we want to pay for veterans on the practice squad, but we're going to get rid of our uh, first round pick at left tackle. Right? And I don't care who you are, and the Chargers come in to play. We'll talk about that. But you need, everybody needs two really good left tackles. Maybe a guy who can pay another position on, on the on the line, and you make him a guard, you get some money out of him. But if left tackle gets hurt, you need a bus. He gets rid of him. It doesn't have a replacement. Now he's getting offensive linemen from the street. So to me, that's spelled under. I got me under about a 45.5. It just knocked over at the end. But we had the Titans all the way plus three. We go Chad, then Scott. Bad pick or bad luck on the total? I say bad luck because that game was under all the way. Say, bad, bad luck, bad luck, it, man. It it uh, it just it, it goes to show you it's very important to get the best number you can get out there. Um, right, because it's you know it, we it's saw it, I, I, I got I got I got hit last night in that damn Dallas game too. I had under thirty eight and a half for not oh. getting a better number. It's thirty nine. So um, and I bet you know, right away. We talked about buying the half point. Buying the half points, getting the best numbers you can get. Exactly. It's gonna show up in three to five, three to five percent of your bets. So right. Um, and that makes the difference every, in terms of profit and not every profit. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I just say bad, you know, bad luck. You gotta get the best numbers you can get. And yeah, I mean, for that thing to sneak over, you know, that was in the last second, last second play, trying to tie the game. Um, that's just that's that's tough. It was an under game, the style, stylistically. How it played out the whole game. I mean, right. it, the under was the right side. What do you think, Scott? Well, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm in agreement with Chad. I mean, this this is this was an under game all the way, so that that was bad luck. Um, I don't know what the heck's going on with the Raiders. Devontae Adams is not involved in the offense. Matt Collins has eight catches for 155 yards. Josh McDaniels has already had a meeting with Mark Davis on Monday. <laughs> so it's not going well for the Raiders. Right. And they get Denver coming in this week. I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I just think McDaniels, um, you know, any Bella cheat assistant has never succeeded at the NFL basically None. level. None. And here's another one. You know, he's not he has not learned his lesson from his Denver days. Right. You know, so He's got a lot of work to do to figure this thing out. And when you already have a meeting with your with your owner after three games, that is not a good sign. Well, his dad too, right? Mark Davis analyzes his dad, and uh, his dad fired Lane Kiffin, 
yeah. similar situation, a son of a guy after four yeah. games. Yeah, it was first year. Fired him after four games. And knew that was going to be a disaster, but four games, so who knows? But it's, game but it's bad luck all the way around. It's the same thing as the other game, right. as the New Orleans game. The talent on offense for the Raiders right. is much, much better than, than the talent on defense for the Titans. And like I said, I don't know what's going on, but they got to get Devontae Adams going here because they don't. They're gonna. It's gonna be a three and fourteen type of season for them. So, right. uh, Eagles, you guys. I knew this game was gonna go under because of the style, but you guys had the over. What was your logic on it? And what do you think now, Scott? In the chat, bad pick or bad luck? <sighs> It's bad luck because the Eagles got up by so much in the first half that they were just like, all right, we're just gonna we're just gonna be conservative and you know, run out the game, division game, we're gonna win it twenty-four right. to seven or whatever, turn twenty-four to eight, whatever right. it turned out to be. So to me, if, if Washington had showed up in the first half, this was definitely going over. Because if it had been like a twenty-four to ten type of game at halftime, Philly would have would have stayed aggressive and put a touchdown or two more on the board and scored in the thirties. Right. So I I think it was bad luck because I just think that you know Philly just said Washington's not score going to score on us. We're just going to be conservative and run the ball a lot more because in the first half the Eagles showed they were explosive. Devontae Smith had a huge game. AJ Brown had a huge game, and they just said, "All right, we got this game in the bag. We're just going to run run clock, and that's going to be it." But that's a so good clue. That was bad so, luck because Washington did not show up. Where right. I did, I expected them to at least do something against the Eagles to to make it a game at Washington at home. You know, Daniel Snyder is under the gun here. Right. You know, Washington. There's a cloud hanging over that whole franchise. So, get, and they just didn't show up. And and Jack Del Rio as a defensive coordinator has been an utter disaster this year so far. So. Right, and you know, it gives luck. you a clue that the Philadelphia defensive coaching assessment, they told the coaches at halftime, these guys aren't scoring on us. Yeah, so exactly. Zero respect for the Washington Redskins that we take note of, literally, move forward. What do you think, Chad? Yep. Yeah, this one, um, I mean, gosh, you got to love the Eagles scoring 24 points in the first half. I mean, uh, you know, I, I – when I, you know, that, that seeing that, I'm thinking, okay, I can get a 31-17 and get this one to 48 and get it over. Um, you know, so I, it, but I mean, something to take into consideration with these Eagles, they've scored 24 points in the last two games, the first half, and they've scored zero points in the last two second halves. Right, because he, the Triani worked for who? Andy Reid. And what did Andy Reid do? Sit on the ball. That's the philosophy. Yeah, so That's the same philosophy that with Green Bay. All those guys are sit on the ball. 24 to 7 at halftime, 24 to 7 final. This game was 24 0 halftime, 24 8 final. So, I mean, we're seeing a pattern here. Right. Something that to learn from and adjust exactly. from. But they pattern are, recognition. If, if the Eagles have a lead, you better bet that second half under. Because right now they have shown twice that they are have, you know, three possession games and they are completely sitting on the ball, taking the air out of the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're starting fast, you know. Um, it, you know, for, for their, their first half lines, 
um, you know, second half unders or even even the, the right, dog, right, right. you know, the second half, you know, Vikings covered second half line and the and the commanders covered second half line against the Eagles the last two second half lines they've lost. So right. um, definitely something to look at for me moving forward is, the, you know, going against them in second half lines when they have a big lead and, and looking at unders when they have a big lead because, um, you know, especially against an offense like Washington, that you know, that's not that Eagles defense is playing is playing solid, man. They uh, had two good performances last two showings. So um, as explosive as that offense is, man, they're looking more like an under team with the style and the way they're sitting on leads and the way that defense is playing. Yeah, like Andy Reid. And one thing, one thing that that bit me that I got away from that now I remember them doing, uh, going to execute. Number one was running teams against Belichick-type defense and Pete Carroll. Number two is being more in-depth now. And what scared me away is that there's an extra game now. But coaches break down seasons into five, first five games, first part, and then moving forward. So analyzing what is the trajectory of this team. Now we got three weeks of data and also how – McDaniels was a question mark. Did he learn from his days? Because 95% of people cannot change, right? right. You see that with right. Jameis Winston. He right. tried to change, but now he's reverting to his old ways, getting desperate, panicking, and throwing interceptions late. Uh, it doesn't seem like McDaniels really changed at all. He's part of the 95% versus the 5% that can't change. So now looking at the trajectory of the season, right? With the Eagles, with what they're doing, sitting on the ball, shutting down the offense after halftime, then playing zone and you know running the ball, uh, snapping the ball with four seconds left. You have to look at the trajectory of the season and what each team is different. Each team has different ownership, right? Uh, what is the coach thinking, right? How, what is his plan, right? Because it's not brain surgery, really. This is football. So you can figure out what these coaches are thinking a lot. A lot of this is the same coaching and a lot of the same coaches from the same coaching tree. So another one from the Andy Reid McVeigh tree is Brandon Staley. And right now what he seems to be doing is because he lost a lot of games late. I think he's trying to take it easy earlier in the season. But have his players late in the season. We voided your guys' pick between between uh, Jason and I. We voted your your pick. The total pushed, and I picked the Chargers minus seven because they had extra uh, risk, uh, extra rest, right? Extra rest. Jacksonville, it just got beat. They're traveling across the country. Young team. Uh, so what I feel happened after watching the game was the Chargers held back. They're going to save it for, you know, division games. While Jacksonville, they're putting in their whole offense and their whole defense until it runs out because they're a bad team with no backup. So they're going to be decent early in the season. They're going to tank late, and the Chargers want to make a late season rush. So that's that's why that was a bad pick. Uh, the reason we voted your guys' pick is because on the podcast we listen to again. You guys were really going to wait till kickoff, and you guys really didn't have a lot of certainty certainty around that game. 
So I'm calling it a bad pick on my part. What do you guys think about that game? I just the Justin Herbert injury plays a huge role in this. Right. I think. I don't think he should have been out there. No. To be honest with you. And then you're down by four touchdowns and you still have him in the game. I don't know why. I have no idea why he's playing in a, in a 31-10 type of game. It just yeah. does not work. Right. The guy has a rib injury. He's clearly suffering. Clearly suffering. Right. You, he doesn't know if he's playing up until three hours before the game, then heard that he was playing. Their offense did nothing. Austin Eckler was terrible. Did nothing. Keenan Allen was out. Mike Williams, one catch, and that was a touchdown catch early in the game. Jacksonville has a good defense. You know, Jacksonville just took advantage of a banged-up Charger team, and they showed they're going to be a good early season, you know, team. And, you know, you got to look at them early to mid-season and and maybe take them because Doug Peterson has made a difference in that team. He's given them confidence. They, they never won in L.A. before. They went out to L.A. They won that, so that that's checked off their list. Um, you know, so they, they're, they're a young, improving team. And the Chargers right now are a banged-up, old-looking team. They look old right now. Right. You know, they lost their tackle. They lost their offensive tackle maybe for the season, Slater. So that's a big loss for them. Huge. So now you got to look at the Chargers as, as a possible – um, team that's gonna score high teens, maybe low twenties. I I just think they were all hurt. I just think this was one of those. Let's get the game over with. Whether we win or lose, it doesn't matter. Right. Let's just get it over with. Let's get healthy. Let's start playing the way Chargers ball can play. But it might be too late. I don't know. I, I just right. Herbert should never play. That that's my opinion. Yeah, I just. It, it screams a cheap franchise when your quarterback's banged up with franchise players out there. You don't even know if right. he's playing or not. Um, that's that's concerning. Definitely think they're they're banged up right now and they're taking a step back from you know that that home the week one win against the Raiders isn't turning out to be that great of a win we're, we're seeing with the Raiders. Right. Um, you know, so and then yeah, I think that Jacksonville defense is for real, man. They got Devin Lloyd. Man out there from Utah, my brother right. played against him the last two years. Kid's a freaking freaking major athletic. He's a stud. He got himself two interceptions. I mean, he's gonna be rookie of the year. The kid's a freaking beast. That defense is legit. Um, yeah, for him to get two so interceptions, yeah, I mean, look, means look at Jackson because he can rush the passer. He can rush. He's big enough. Chad and I went to that game. We, we saw him play against San Diego State. He's big enough to rush. And the fact that he got dropped dropped back in coverage. On his own blitz and was able to intercept the ball. You're kind of right about that. That looks like a Pro Bowl player there. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. He's a total, total Pro Bowl player. So, um, you know, I think keep an eye on that defense. I think they're going to be for real. I think they're going to be playing. I mean, they pitched a shutout last week to to, or to Indianapolis. So, right. um, gave up this week. I mean, they're, in the last two weeks, they've only given up five points a game on average. So, you got you to gotta take a look at that. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals. Scott got on this one right. Shannon and I got this one wrong. Uh, yeah, Luis says that uh, Kyler Murray's terrified of Donald. Oh, really? <laughs> he looked it. He looked it. That's some interesting insight. Yeah, that's some interesting insight there. He, 
this game was an under game the whole time. I guess it's a division game, first game of the season uh, between these two. Uh, Kyler Murray, their, their offense struggled, but they're usually like a second-half team. I thought I was going to get it over. It didn't. Uh, rush three, drop eight to stop the air raid. And Kyler, Kyler Murray, he only took off two times for eight yards. Trying to prove he's a pocket passer. No touchdowns, no interceptions. The average uh, yardage for pass completion was 5.4 yards. Right. Uh, the game was 20 to 12. So the answer would have been the Rams are going to cover four points and it's going to stay under. So that was a bad pick by us. Good pick by Scott. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, it's a bad pick. I mean, we know we know the Rams love to run the ball and they love to, to, to play some understyle offense here, and especially in a division game. Um, yeah, and then you got, you know, Kyler Murray did not look at himself. You know, he's really scared of Donald, and that's going to play a <laughs> mental and psychological factor under as well. Yeah. To me, he's still a high school quarterback. He'll prove it differently. Uh, Tampa Bay money line over 41. Uh, now we know, now they're scrambling, that it seems like the guy that Jumbotron in Tampa was paid off by some Packer peoples and was tipping off the plays. To the Green Bay Packers. That's unbelievable. Right? It's unbelievable. Where, where's the NFL security in this? There's supposed to be FBI agents <laughs> who are aware of this. So that's why Tampa Bay had so much trouble in the red zone was because the Packers knew what play they were running. Also, you know, Joe Barry, see, this is where it gets complicated. Joe Barry lives in Tampa. I know where Joe Barry lives in Tampa, all right, along with John Gruden, their whole mafia there. LaFleur's a, LaFleur is a, you know, McVeigh Gruden guy. They're all in Tampa, and they all go to Chanzai and have the Renaissance meetings with Chip Kelly. Now, this is very interesting because this went from Channel Side over to where Scott lives in Maine, right? Where Ryan Day goes to the golf club. And he goes to play golfing with his buddies and some other football people. And who did they see on the golf course who just flew in from Tampa? Uh, John Gruden, Chip Kelly, LaFleur, McVeigh, and Zach Taylor. They're like, oh, guys, look who's here. <laughs> It was Ryan Day and Urban Meyer and all them. <laughs> the same golf course in May. They just got there from Tampa. So, Joe Barry, uh, he's a son-in-law of Monty Kiffin, <laughs> being from Tampa. So, who paid off the Jumbotron guy in Tampa? So, they knew the place. So, I say this is bad luck. Tampa Bay was about to score a two-point conversion. Uh, they did cover for me in the second half line. Should have made a consensus pick. We'll add that next week. Florida line. And the game should have been over if the, the, the Green Bay Packers didn't know the, the Bucks' plays. Because Rashad Perriman had a great game, like I thought. Cameron Murray and all the tight ends were in there, including uh, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph, 
Because remember, the Tom Brady tight end is a three tight end offense. That's why you see Rudolph in there now. It's a Lloyd Carr three tight end offense. He's going to run it, especially with people hurt. And they were doing good. So if, if that Green Bay didn't have that competitive advantage, I think the game goes over and Tampa Bay covers. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, I think it's bad luck, 20% bad luck versus bad pick. We'll go Scott in the chat. So to me, it, it's bad luck. So here's the reason why. Tampa Bay had so many problems communicating plays and schemes and offenses and formations to Brady on the field right. as, a, as the game went. Especially that two-point conversion, you take a delayed game on that, that, on that play. There's no, there's no call for that. Right. You can't do that. Brady, right well, you now. Know why, that, why it was because the Packers from the Drumber Prime knew what play exactly. they were going to run. Exactly. And Brady and the other thing right now like, is Brady. Brady cannot sustain an offense that has no weapons at this point in his career. He could early in his career. He can't now. They had no weapons basically, other than Fournette and Gage. Right. He, he's a quarterback that needs his full complement of weapons to perform at a high level. When he does not, he performs at a, a very low level. And as you saw it in the New Orleans game at times, and as you saw it in this game, besides the Packers knowing he plays off the jumbotron, <laughs> he, he looked all of a 45-year-old quarterback. And – if he does not have Julio, he'll have Evans back next week. Right. So that'll help him a lot. Supposedly, he's going to get Julio back next week. So if he has Julio, Evans, and Gage, along with Fournette, you'll see a much different Brady next week. But right now, he looks all of a 45-year-old quarterback without his weapons. And that's the simple reason why the, the Buccaneers lost that game, plus the Packers knowing what was coming. So. <laughs> I, know. I would like to see the game without the Packers knowing what play was coming. Go ahead, but it's totally bad luck. It's totally bad luck. Yeah, it's bad because we don't know. Oh. We don't. We don't know that. I know that uh, the drummer pro our guys uh, get paid right. Where yeah. he they got such a did it so obviously that it was caught by Rogers and then Rogers spills <laughs> the beans. Rogers needed to keep his mouth shut because now some people are going to get arrested. You know. Obviously, the Jumbotron guy is going to be fired and probably arrested. Yep. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. I agree. Bad luck or bad pick? Yeah, I mean, I don't have much for this game. This was this is a tough one. Um, I mean, one thing that, that jumps out at me or something that I'm looking at the Buccaneers is, you know, they haven't, you know, they didn't score against the Cowboys week one. They didn't really score against the Saints. You know, last week and this week, you know, they're very low scoring. They're 3-0 to the under. I believe the Packers are 3-0 to the under as well. Yeah, they got good defense. Um, I don't, I don't know. I can try to think what they did week two. I'm looking that up right now. They were under because I think it was 27-10. Yeah. I think it was the final. So they were under. It was yep, 40. under to the Bears. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, so these two teams are six and zero to the under. So definitely something interesting with Brady and Rodgers to have those to combine six and zero to the under. Um, I think you know, like what Scott's saying, it has a testament to, to not having his weapons there. Um, he needs guys there for sure because I mean, both these teams right now are are low on weapons. Um, you have two, you know, probably two best quarterbacks in the NFL, 
both don't have a lot of weapons, and we're just we're seeing these teams go under and play. Really, both defenses are really good, so um, just, just going to take that moving forward with these teams, these defenses, and and just what they what they put out on paper these first three weeks. Um, you know, they're 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 under teams right now until we see something else. Um, they're they're not even coming close though. We're so. Yeah, no. And uh, now, during week three, we can take uh, pattern recognition out of our toolbox and use them as we're analyzing this fix. So the last one we got wrong uh, was Seattle money line under 42. If you live in the past, you die in the past. Seattle's not over team because they don't have any players. <laughs> so Jamal Adams got hurt. Uh, Seattle should have won this game. They had it all in there to win, and they were driving late. So that I think the money line pick was bad pick. It was, was a good pick actually. Seattle should have won. It was bad luck. The total I was off on. This, this game was going over on the way. Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick always lose or do not cover against a running quarterback. And this happened again. Mariota has a lot of weapons. Talk about Greg London, Jerry Judy, everybody. Oh, not Jerry Judy, but the other uh, guy from Alabama. He has a lot of weapons. Then Cordell, the running back, the wide receiver is running back. That's working mm-hmm. out. So Atlanta's going to score points. And they have a bad defense. So look for all of Atlanta's games to go over. Uh, we'll go Scott and Chad. And that'll be it before we hit Woodson Churchill. Yeah, I, yeah, man. I 100% agree. I think it. I think Atlanta's going to score in the 20s every week. I, I just think they have a sneaky offense, and they have an offensive coordinator as a coach. So, um, you know, Patterson's hasn't looked 30 in his 30s. Right. Drake London's a really good record receiver. Kyle Pitts is is obviously got to attract a little bit in this game, but they're a really good offense right now. Right. And defensively, they can't stop anybody. So. Um, yeah, they're going to go over a lot more than they go under this, this year. Seattle is just – Seattle's an enigma right now. Disaster. You don't know what you're going to get every week from them. Pete Carroll has emphasized this week going back to running the ball a lot. He's already going back to the old Pete Carroll where right. I'm going to run the ball 70% of the time. We're going to throw 30%. I think he has no confidence in Geno Smith. I think he has no confidence in Drew Locke. No. So he's going to ride Rashad Penny and the rookie into the ground this year by running the ball a ton. So I I would tend to go back and look at Seattle as maybe an under team if they're going to run the ball a ton. Because, again, winds clock, any incomplete stops clock. So that's what I think on that. Bad bad pick, though, on the money line. The money line was bad pick. The money line was good. Because they had a chance to win at the end. Yes, they, they did. should have won. Yes, they did. They were wide open, wide open receivers running in the end zone. Yep. So they should have won. But the total was off because Seattle's defense sucks, and so does Atlanta's defense sucks. And right. uh, Mariota is going to run until he gets hurt again. So, so, you know, plus one early in the season, it's uh, winning. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, no, the total was, was way off. I think – you know, that plus one against Pete Carroll, Belichick, those type of quarterbacks that can run. And, I mean, the, 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 the whole on top of that, they're scoring points. Um, they've scored points all year. 
Um, you know, they're two and out of the over. Now they're three and out of the over. They went over at LA last week. They went over week one against New Orleans. Um, so, you know, we're seeing a lot of trends, man. We're seeing a lot of teams three and over to the over and a lot of teams three and over to the under. Um, I'm going to make that you know, into kind money. Of like not, you know, like they, they are what they are right now. Right. So I think that's something, you know, moving on next week that, you know, you got to kind of decide, is it time for a return to the mean where some of these teams are going to start going the other way? Or, you know, is, is the trend going to continue where, you know, these teams are going to be 10 and 11 wins to the over under, you know, whatever, whatever they're, you know, because we're seeing a lot of, a lot of the same consistent things happening week in and week out right now in these first three weeks. So, so that's why whatever – this is the Hawthorne effect. Whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance 10 to 20%. So it's 56%. I want to be 76% next week. So final word, guys, before we hit them with uh, once the trip show. So I just I just looked at a little bit of the lines for this week as we go into tomorrow night. There's only two games at 50 or over. So there's going to – there's a lot of a lot of mid, mid-40s type of games. So – um, again, you know, watch this podcast right before tomorrow night's podcast, um, and, and make some notes and take off what we said. And, uh, I think we're going to have a good week this week. I, I think a lot of these over on the lines are not justified as I looked at them. So I'm looking for a really strong in the high sixties, low seventies week this week. So, oh yeah. Yeah. And we hit a lot of unders. So yeah. What does Jason do? He parlayed some unders. <laughs> yeah, we were, looking at as, as I said to you, as I said to you pre-show, we were third. As you said, we were thirteen and five in the early game. So, so we we had a really good early session. Right. So. So now, now we escalate we that to the whole thing. Yep. What do you think, Chad? Final words. Ready? I haven't really looked at too much of the week, but I'm about to get into it here later on this afternoon and uh, get ready for tomorrow. Give you guys some good picks. I'm feeling good about this week. Nice. We love it because it's collaboration, right? There's too much information. The hurricane going on in Florida. They got to take care of my family. There's always stuff going on. So you need other people to do a mind melt, right? And get all the information in there. That's why it's ridiculous to pay uh, action sports for data. There's only so much data you can process in your head and still take care of your family. Still take care of your other businesses and jobs you have to do. So, all our picks are free. All our information is free. The person with the best information wins. And like Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thanking you. Thank you for listening to the SBC podcast. I'm the best there is.